Hey guys, uh, welcome to Something Old. Something new. I'm Allie. I'm Jeannie. And I'm Colin. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here to talk about generations and their differences. Um, we will fortunately talk about our similarities as well. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Colin is sometimes a millennial. I'm, and a, I'm a really old millennial despite how young I am in millennial years. You're an old man. And I'm Generation X. So obviously, uh, so what we're going to be talking about is uh, each generation, different things, how to communicate with, with each generation. But um, we are here and we're just, you know, two friends talking about our experiences and trying to open discussion, bridge gaps between generations. Because there's a lot of like weird animosity uh, you see in the world between millennials and Gen X and now Gen Z is coming into play and it's it's getting real weird out there. And so any form of understanding we can create, we are here to give it our best. Yes. Just um, be open-minded to everything and really try to understand each other's point of view, which is really what a lot of people need. Um and for our first episode, we kind of want to give a rundown of the generations and roughly what we're going to be talking about and where everybody might be coming from. Because um, a lot of things change and warp our point of view. Uh, the food shortage, you know, is certainly going to mess with people. Um, economic collapse messes with people. War. And I think it messes with people more than anybody else realizes. Right. Like, it really drags generations through the mud sometimes. And it really affects how they deal with the new generation. That is true. Um, so to kind of start off the process here, we have, I have a bunch of research. <laughs> <laughs> and I have dates for boomers, millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, all of the above. And we're just going to kind of start off with the baby boomers because the baby boomers are Jean's parents. Yes. And and my parents are different from my grandparents. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about your grandparents at all or um my grandparents well let's explain the generations first okay. and then we'll get into that. So you guys can listen try to figure out which generation you belong in. Yeah. So actually learn what a boomer is. <laughs> What's the, a boomer? Oh, the number of people who do not know what a boomer is is insane. So just assume anybody older It's than not them. even that they don't know what a boomer is. They don't care. It doesn't actually matter. The point of the situation being they're using it as a meme to make fun of somebody. If somebody has a very old way of thinking or a very niche opinion, they are a boomer, which is a meme to just express that you're old, you're outdated, you're being frustrating. You... Just you're being you, Colin. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I know the meme, but I also know a lot of people who legitimately have no meme. clue. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, the generation that's... Well, okay. First, let's define a generation, which is a group born roughly within 20 years. A generation is a group of people... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to read the definition twice. But a generation is a group of people born at roughly the same time, usually within a 20-year time interval. 
And I get this information from parents.com. And the author of this particular research was Deborah Carr, who is a professor and chair of of the sociology department of Boston University, uh, at least at the time of my research. Um, So the silent generation is kind of defined by the McCarthy era. They're kind of defined by the big red scare, communist fear. And they're anywhere between 1928 and 1945, which might roughly be your grandparents. I believe. No, that would be my parents. That'd be your parents? Yes. Okay. I I would say the later of them. Yeah, of course. Do you have any stories about your grandparents, though? Just in case? Yeah, they were, you know, my grandparents were very Mm. old-fashioned. They, um... Because my grandparents were terrible. All my grandparents were awful. Yeah, so are mine. You know, they were, they didn't see things the way my parents did. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give you an example. I would want to sleep over my girlfriend's house. And my grandmother would be like, why? Why? Or you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't let her do this. Or, you know, a perfect example at the dinner table, we weren't allowed to drink anything. We had to wait until we were done eating and then drink our milk. I understand the milk. But like, but like, why? I don't. <laughs> and I know. You, I, I'm sure you don't know. I, um, I, I, no, I don't know. You know, and it was milk. It wasn't soda. You know, my parents. Even let, water would have been fine. Right. But like, what if you have like a sandwich and the bread gets really dry? <laughs> or like, it was just a strange thing. I uh, eventually they would give us. I think they thought we'd get filled up on the liquid. That was their thinking. I get that. I guess knowing what I know about food now, I know that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. But I guess I understand the idea that the food would be wasted right. because you didn't eat it. Because you were full on liquids. Okay. Yeah, I guess I can shove my head far enough up my ass to see that. <laughs> but that that's just how each of us, each generation has grown and that's has true, changed. Yeah. And yeah. you... Because you, you... you see a lot of millennials joke about their parents being like, oh, I ate an almond for breakfast. I'm full all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be starving. And this, and then, and this just to talk about the food aspect, because diet culture kind of ruled my life, which is not a part of the, ba- of the baby boomer like thing or the Gen X thing. It should be, in my opinion, like the Gen Xers should be defined by their view of food because the way that people viewed food antagonizing it was oh. awful it was oh my goodness growing up in that oh my goodness yes it was because i like and i know we're still talking about food and this is kind of off subject so we can cut it that's totally fine but i distinctly remember being nine years old i would like to emphasize i was nine years old and my aunt bought me i was an extra large i'd always been a big kid i was an extra large and my aunt bought me a size small sweater for christmas and at nine years old, said, well, if you lose weight, you can wear it. Wow. Wow. And she's the kind of person who, like, eats, like, bread with peanut butter on it in the morning and then just can't, can't drink anything more than a Sprite all day. <laughs> like, I don't think people realize how words can be so hurtful. You never tell a child about like the weight. Like, just don't give me a gift. Right. She couldn't tell you a thing about me. That's the, I think that's the worst part. Like, I could handle the... And I'm going to call that abuse. I could handle that abuse if she knew things about me. Like if she and I once a year 
went out to lunch and she asked me about my life. Right. But no, like we go out and she tells me about her life and she lectures me on things that like, I went to help her clean up her house for Thanksgiving and we're going to get political. So we are going to have to cut this. Um, but she started talking to me about abortion, started preaching abortion at me. I, I was cleaning her spoons. I was like, it was the metal spoons. I was like waxing her spoons or whatever. And she just starts going off. And I was like, I'm, I'm holding a spoon right now. I, I didn't say anything. Wait, I asked you how your day was. And how old were you when this, this was recent or? It was like, you know, in the past three years. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't even know if I was sexually active at that point. I was just like holding a spoon, spoon. being traumatized. Because she wanted to talk about this. Right. I, I will say you didn't state an opinion. You didn't state where you are on it. So I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Cause like getting preached at by either side about anything. Well, she just started like going and again, I'm holding a spoon and I'm helping her and she's just anyway. Okay. So off topic, back on topic. Um, following up the silent generation, we have, Oh, their parenting style. I apologize. So the silent generation's parenting style was a very strong work ethic. I think yes. that's kind of where the pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing started. Uh, you know, my father instilled a very strong work ethic. You didn't call out sick. You went to work. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still breaking that habit. Like, I used to go to work sick as a dog. Like, I would faint at work and then try to work again. <laughs> and then say, go home. And, you know, now people play hooky. Now I need a mental health day. Yeah. Well, I think that's valid because, like, work wants so much of you and you don't even get to like because of the mentality that you represent where you work outside of work you don't even get to leave work at work half the time oh you're always taking it home you're always taking it home and aside from the fact that i think that's bullshit that's hard on people and i don't think anybody recognize we're not being paid i'm not being paid for the mental workload i leave work with I'm not being paid for that. Right. And that's fucked up. <laughs> I, I, I will say the, because uh, I work a lot in construction um, and I work with a lot of construction people. I have seen the, uh, you know, come to work sick more often in that. And it's not so much that they like come in sick, sick. Mm-hmm. Like if they're really sick, they won't show up. But even I'll do this. Like if I'm not feeling great, I'll still go to work and I'll still work through some of it. And it's just openly like, Hey, I'm going to work slower. I'm going to be like, not as much. And and a lot of it is because like deadlines are a little different in that. And then also like, usually I have found for some things like a hand cold, just getting over one now, like, if I can get up and get moving, I'm fine for the rest of the day. It's the pain in the butt of getting up and moving. But well, as soon as I'm up and moving, I'm good for the whole rest of the day. But if you can't function at 100%, why even go in? Well, uh, like I said, it, it's... Yeah, because you can get hurt. It's yeah. variable. It you can hurt other people. people. Like, if, if you're on if a If I had a head cold and used a drill, I could accidentally hurt yeah. myself seriously. Well, like, if you're on, like, a framing crew or electrical... Yeah, definitely, like, 100%. If you're, like, plumbing, like, a single toilet, which is what most plumbers do, there there are actually way less plumbers that can do whole house rough-ins than there are plumbers that just do repair jobs. Or if you're doing, like, just a little bit of trim carpentry, it, it's a lot more of, like, a, okay, just take your time today. 
but something where like you're driving nail guns and running saws just as hard as you can. Oh God. Yes, please. Well, I'm, I'm running those big cases filled with books around and it's like, I don't need to be distracted while I'm doing that. Like I need to know where it's going. I need to be able to count everything. I need to be consistent. And with cold season coming up, I'm having to take all of my trainees and teach them my, all of my jobs. So that way, if I get sick, cause I don't just get sick. I get like disastrously sick. Right. So, like, if I get sick and I need to take a week off, somebody else can they cover need to know for what you. they're doing. It's just preparation. Because honestly, if I get sick, I'm not going in. Fuck it. And then you come up with this uh, an argument like, okay, you come in sick, and then I catch what yeah, you have. Yeah, this is like a little nasty little hole, and everybody's getting sick. Then, especially I work in a, wall, a hot warehouse. Right. Even if we open all the doors, then it's a cold warehouse, and you still get sick knowing that. <laughs> So it's like, what's the point? Right. Then I'm you getting everybody you... else sick, and then it's you're making a bigger issue when six people can't come in when it's just the one. If I stay at home for a week. Nip it in the bud. Nobody else gets sick, in theory. Mm-hmm. If I go to work sick and six people get sick, that's my fault. Right. It's and then a Petri dish. <laughs> Awful. But yeah, so like strong work. When I'm <clears> at work... I'm at work. Like, I am an, a workaholic at work. But when I'm not at work, I'm not at work. I'm done. Like, I might complain about it, but my, I leave my work at work to what? the best of my ability. And I don't think you that You don't want to really me... think about work when you're home. No, I don't. I want to play video games and hang out with my <laughs> friends and pet my dog. <laughs> right. Or you want to um, Paint, just be with the family and yeah. do, do something. Like, just do nothing. Or- I have been, oh my God, doing nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I know John Mulaney did this bit, but have you ever like gone to work, like physically gone to work and asked somebody what they did? And they're just like, oh, I did nothing. <laughs> and it's like, they're bragging. It's like, all right, Mr. President, settle down. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't not do nothing. I think. After working retail for so long, where I've had to give up my weekends for so long, now that I have my weekends, I'm exhausted. Like, I, I only really get one day off. Wow. I don't give a shit. I want to go out on Saturday. And I'm not even going out to party. Like, we go out, Colin and I go out, and we um we go explore other, like, we, <laughs> we chuckle-fucked our way up to uh, Chattanooga one time. Mm-hmm. Just penny and dimed it. Oh, this is only 20 minutes away. Oh, this is only 20 minutes away. And... All of a sudden, we're in this chicken shack. <laughs> Having the best day ever. Having the best date ever in Chattanooga. Several hours from home. Yeah, no. and then we have to drive home at night listening to a Dracula reading podcast because we can't stay away. <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, I love like, those spontaneous days. Oh, they're so good. And I'm not willing. I don't care that I'm tired. I'm not willing to give it up. Right. I don't care. I finally get to do something with a majority of, like, with a small portion of my life. Not giving that up. Enjoy the day. Yeah. And that, that's, you need to enjoy the moment, enjoy the day. And like, I didn't work any harder when I was at work on a Saturday, you know, or, you know, than we go out and hang out. I don't, it's not the same amount of energy. And it's awful. Like, I used to, when I worked at Target, I worked from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and that is your whole damn day. There are three things you can do after five o'clock, which is get drugs, get a move, or get food, and get fucked. And I want I, food. It was like the only option there. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it, it, when I was growing up, stores weren't open on a Sunday. 
Yeah. Nobody. It was there's, family there's time. Still blue laws in New Jersey. Yes, there's still blue laws there. Well, there's a reason for that. Have you seen the church crowd? I wouldn't be open on a Sunday. <laughs> but it's just it's strange how we've been accustomed to times changing. Where okay, you were. It was family time. It really was family time on Sundays. Yeah. And then now it's like. Well, America, specifically America. I spend my Sunday nights in a bar playing music. You spend like, your Sunday mornings at church, too. Well, yeah, also <laughs> playing music. Like I, you like, spend your entire Sunday back, playing music. Jean said something about her not, like, leaving work at work. And I'm sitting here like, I'm so deep in the gig economy that, like, I'm always at work. Well, yeah, but y'all's jobs are very specifically different than mine, I guess. This, this is true. Like, you know. I'm gig economy. I what what do you, you do? usually work from home, right? Yes. Yeah. So like I like drive to my work, do f- hard physical labor, and then I get to go home. Yeah. And take a I shower. Think, I guess maybe that's easier too when you leave when you don't work at home. And now look at everybody working from home and somebody calls and everything's right there at your fingertips and you just stop and say, okay, and take care of it. Where you can't say, oh, I'm sorry, everything's at the office. I'll call you tomorrow. That's something I had to, and Colin had to deal with me encouraging this. I almost demanded it. It almost became an ultimatum, I'll be honest. Because I was like, you need hours. And I know this sounds stupid because you're in a band, but you need hours. Mm-hmm. Like, you will answer. Sorry, I had to burp. Anyway, you, had, you will answer things from like 10 a.m. to like 6 o'clock at night. And then after 6 o'clock, you're done. And he would do like house business after like five o'clock or four o'clock and when he was working on that house i was like colin nobody wants to talk to you after four o'clock stop calling well the- you can text them and you can email them but don't fucking call anybody yeah you can uh, take a call but you don't call anybody i will throw in like i was having to deal with california for a little while i didn't care and that's a three hour time to, right yeah. time change and everything <laughs> if he was with me after six o'clock or four or six o'clock i was like no you need to be off your fucking phone you can text and you can email. That's fine. That doesn't take very long. But like, I will like you present here. I like the idea of just texting. Just yeah. text the person this way. As long as they text back in like an appropriate manner. Because I know that I've joked with you that um, I'll text you this big, long, like thought process filled with questions and you'll reply, oh, sounds good. <laughs> and so what part of that sounds good, G? <laughs> All of it sounds good. It's <laughs> not the thing I needed the answer to, though. <laughs> I needed like an answer, and you're just like, yeah, too much. Great. You overloaded me. <laughs> but then people also get mad when you text them like like thought bites. Like when you get ten, like yeah, for example, like ten texts, and it's like somebody's thought process as they're working it out. I piss people off with that too. That's funny. We're gonna have to do like an entire thing about how each generation texts differently. Oh, Just no, we're not. That's going to be a segment. I'm not doing an entire show on that. <laughs> a whole bit on it. The abbreviation. What I don't like is how you, how people text and use abbreviation. And then when they write an email or write a letter or anything, they use those or a thank you card or a card. They use those abbreviations in the card. I've never seen that. I have an issue with that. And I, yes, I have received stuff like I that. I have never, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying I've never, but that being said, like when I get a thank you note, it's usually an email. And like nobody sends paper things, at least for weddings and stuff. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. But like, I don't, and they're all typed out in this no, weird I, font. Well, so I wouldn't know if they misspelled anything or used an abbreviation <laughs> anyway. How would you feel about receiving a thank you notes? I mean, we used to have to write 
Every time we got a birthday present, we'd have, have to write notes. all the thank you notes. And we had a handwriting. I distinctly them. remember having to write thank you notes. I mean, like. I like, I like be, I like the thought of a thank you note. It's kind of the same as being called ma'am. It's nice, but I don't really care that damn much. You're putting way more effort in than I probably did. Okay. Now, that being said, if like. It was a hyper thought out gift. Like it was something so specifically for you. Be okay, at least text me. Hey, thanks. We appreciate that, you know. Acknowledge but, it. See, yeah. I guess I thank you is acknowledging. Also, though, so like for Christmas, we gave you that really nice um, cheese board and you have it displayed in your home. That's and enough I love of a it. thank you for me. That's enough. Like you have it displayed in your home. You actively use it. I'm good. I don't need a thank you note. You did it. Okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's different with different than like if you get somebody. Each situation is different. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should look at it that way. Each situation. Yeah, definitely. Is different. And I love my board. It's beautiful. So, uh, I'm, <laughs> and I'm I love gonna, my money tree too. Oh yeah. I'm gonna circle us back a little bit because we we went off on uh, work ethic from the silent generation. Your mother. Yes. <laughs> So, um, bringing it back then, Buzzkill. Um, <laughs> the silent generation gives birth to the baby boomers. Um, the baby boomers are from 1946 to 1964. Shocker. Uh, they had to deal with the World War II aftermath. Their big thing was the summer of love and big protests towards war. Um, I don't really... I don't really know anything about that. My parents didn't really ever really talk about that. No, my father, um, he was in one of the wars and he never talked about it. Yeah. Never talked. I about mean, my it. dad didn't really talk about any of the war he was in. He wasn't in World War Two or anything, but he doesn't talk about like what he dealt with. Um, I don't really think my grandparents. I don't even either. know if they would want to talk well, about it. I don't think they want to talk about my it. My dad worked in a radio station he does in his opinion he didn't actually serve he's not a veteran in his own his own opinion because he didn't think he did enough but mm-hmm. speaking of war and um i'm trying to what is it good for <laughs> <laughs> i i almost made the like good morning Vietnam. Like, as soon as you said something about your your dad working at a radio station like i immediately went to that movie yeah i thought of that too yeah. what robin williams yeah. yeah oh my god that baseball scene is peak cinema what were you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, the the recruiting, how you would be afraid. That's that so predatory. They would be your some your son or your boyfriend. Yeah. Got that letter. Mm-hmm. Well, now they come to your work. They would troll around Target and talk to my coworkers, and I'd have to run them off. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're not supposed to do that. They're not supposed to come in and solicit. They're not supposed to come in and solicit in stores that specifically don't allow soliciting. And they're not allowed, or as far as I was aware, they're not supposed to be doing that anyway. But they, they're worse than Mormons, honestly. Wow. At least no, Mormons but if you got leave. that like, letter, you, you had to go. If you got that letter, you had to go. Yeah. Now it's all predatory based, though. Do you want to travel the world sometimes when we let you? But you won't be able to go anywhere, you know what I mean? Um, do you want money? But not a lot of money, you know what I mean? <laughs> and education. Don't forget to throw that in. The only the only But I benefit. appreciate, we all appreciate everybody that has served for um, 
for our country anyone and everything. Anyone who's had to, thank absolutely. You. Thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. We really appreciate and, it. And especially, like, you, if you really want to boil it down, at a minimum, support the troops, not the cause. Like, right. Th- th- there's a difference. Um, I will say something that, because uh, my dad almost joined the military. He was he was skipped over just barely. Like, he's in that really weird little gap mm-hmm. where you didn't have to register for the draft. Um, like, it was like a year, year or two where you didn't have to register. But he almost joined the military as a musician. Um, and he was getting ready to do that, but his lung collapsed and, and that took him out. I, I don't know the piece of paperwork they'd signed. But he had a friend who was in... And one of the biggest problems at that time was the the waiting list. If you wanted to go into a certain MOS, you could do that. But if you signed the wrong piece of paperwork, if you didn't get into that MOS fast enough, you're a tank driver now. You're 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 eleven Bravo. Like str- straight out, you you go from what you were going to do, what you planned to do, what you wanted to do, and now you're in one of the combat MOSs, and you didn't want that. Like that, I don't know if that's still a thing. I'm not in the military. I haven't joined. I got friends, obviously. I'd have to ask. You have friends? Colin has friends? No. I'd have to ask, like, wow. Adam or. Um, Wait a minute. Uh, Bradley or. You Bradley have, or something. Let's go back to Colin has friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I, I'd have to ask if that's still something. Like, that was the, the weird thing it, that, like, and they uh, would slip you that piece of paper too. Oh yeah, yeah. Here, sign this piece of paper. It'll get it, like it, it was predatory. It, it's predatory. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, they're all. All right, let's change the subject. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the baby boomer parenting style specifically says it redefined parenting by looking at their from their kids' perspective, and they specialized in family meetings. Now you get to paste that in and we were talking about switches and how I distinctly remember picking out a switch, but I don't remember being hit with a switch. So I don't know if it was a fear tactic or I actually got hit with one. You know, we didn't get, we didn't do switches. We had my father's hand Mm. and my butt was red. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll tell you two stories uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Thank you. Okay. So, um, one story is uh, my father would hit us. I've seen, I've, you know, and now he, that would be child abuse. But I didn't see it as child abuse at all. It wasn't shown that way. It was you did something wrong and this is the consequences mm-hmm. um, for your actions. <laughs> my sister threw out something out the window at church. After church, let me, we left church and my sister threw something out the window. I don't know, a piece of paper, whatever it was. Nothing. It doesn't matter. My father brought us all home, put my sister back in the car, and made her clean up that whole street. Now, is that child abuse? Or that should she be in time out? No, I mean, that specifically is just showing, hey, you were very disrespectful. Here's how we're going to fix that through an experience. You know, and then another story... My sister, we were coming back from vacation and we were driving on the highway. Mm. And my sister was sitting in, all the way in the back and she was being a smart ass. And she goes to my father, you can't hit me, you're driving, na, 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 na. Next thing you know, my father pulled over on the highway, got out of the car, and yes, showed her. Cheapers. Yeah, that's... Kind of fucked up. 
You know, but that that was that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. That that's, was was, and I'm sure other people have stories. My and, mom always said three swats is an abuse. <laughs> you know, email us your stories. Tell us your stories. We'd like to hear if you're okay with sharing. We'd like to yeah, share them. I mean, like, see, I, I I got a slightly different one. Now, granted, you know, my you dad were an was, angel, Colin. Well, we know. My my dad <laughs> is like the oldest of Gen X. Like he's right on that line, and um. He just picked me up one day and was like, listen, I helped bring you into this world. I'll take you out of it. If I need to whoop you, I will whoop you. And then guess what? I'll hand you the number to Child Protective Services. Go ahead and call. I'll get put in jail. But you know what? Six, seven months later, I'm going to get back out of jail. You know what the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to come whoop you again. You're going <laughs> to behave. I, I never got whooped. Because that it was just like, wait a minute. You're going to go to jail and then come back and go right back at it again because the the bottom line was you didn't care if i like failed every class or anything like that he wanted me to succeed but i had to behave bottom line right. as long as i behaved didn't matter you know and we got dessert taken away from us we got other things i shouldn't just say like we were hit or yeah. anything we were like okay well now go to bed no dessert or Hitting go to bed no tv like go to bed like if you if i was if i had a spanking there was a severity to the situation i'm not saying i deserved a spanking every time like i distinctly remember and i think it was more that i embarrassed my parents versus me actually doing something wrong but I remember it was springtime, but it was still cold. And I was going outside to play with one of my friends in the neighborhood. And she was wearing shorts, so I wanted to wear shorts. <laughs> so I went inside and I said, Mom, I want to wear shorts. She goes, no, you're wearing pants. Wear pants. It's cold. And I said, I want to wear shorts. She goes, no, wear pants. And I was very frustrated. And I was a very crying child. So I was crying. And I was crying it out. And I went over and I was playing with my friend. Well, her mother is very reactive. So she sees me crying. She's like, what's wrong? What's happening? And I was like, nothing. I just wanted to wear shorts. And my mom's not letting me wear shorts. And I feel like it's very unfair. And I'm sure I said that in a much more childish way. I'm very sure I was very bratty about it. But irrelevant to the point, that was the situation at hand. So she calls my mother. Because, again, she's very reactive. So she calls my mother. And she's like, this is happening. And I, and I don't know, really know what she oh, says. But boy. I know that she says, hey, your parents want you to come home. Now you're in even deeper trouble. And I was, I remember I walked across the street and I looked up at my porch and my parents were standing on either side of <laughs> oh the like stairs up. And I was just like, I can run away right now. <laughs> they can't catch me. Um, and I went up and I don't remember if I got spanked, but I distinctly remember just the absolute screaming match. Like it was just the most frustrated. I mean, like I had frustrated them worse later on in life, but that was like World War One for me. It was awful. And I think it's more because I embarrassed them than right. it being like an actual issue. And I think if they had recognized that, they'd just be like, stop being a bitch. <laughs> right. Uh, now, should have that parent called your parents and say, oh, why can't she wear shorts? Yeah, that parent was, I don't know what she was thinking, but there was just, it, it was blown out of proportion. Portion. Exactly. And I had to take the brunt of it for no reason. If Kelly had just kept her mouth shut and not been a snitch. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. But yeah, it was just a whole thing. <laughs> like, and I had frustrated them later on in life. Far worse. There was like World War II and three and everything for me. But, um. But you got to remember that was, you know, like 
we laughed and they're like, oh, it's a pencil that somebody took from somebody. But that's so important at that stage in their life. Yeah. Like, you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, but you got to realize it's very important to that yeah. child. Like, let me get sick. Time. Let me wear the shorts. Let me get sick. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I distinctly remember that being like a huge funny how we remember certain things yeah and, and then just, other people remember it differently oh my too. god yeah no i'm sure if if my parents remembered it'd be a whole different thing but they would have the information that that friend's parent said to them i don't have that i've never had that like i don't know what was said in that phone call right so and that's a big chunk of information i don't have i don't know if that parent went and shamed my parents i don't know if that parent went and just tried to like be the friend Try to make you feel better. Yeah. Like, let me get my way. And it would just, it would, I just needed to get over it. Like, it wasn't that I just wasn't getting my way. I just needed to get over it. And I would have. I hate when people say, just get over it. I know. But like, to a certain, there are situations that you just get over. Right. And I know there's certain situations, right, that are, put your big girl pants on. Yeah. I get it. And that's just one, what, what it was. Like, I wanted to wear shorts. The, the rule was I was already in pants. Just wear the pants. And it just was what it was. But, um, and that's just the thing. Like, I don't, again, I don't remember if I got whooped. But, like, I know I, my mom was big into whooping me. Not for every little thing. But, again, if, there, if it was severe enough, I got whooped. Yeah, we got, I, I, am I damaged from it? I don't think so. Somebody else might think so. <laughs> there is, re- I don't have research unfortunately but like you can do a google um there is research stating that like being spanked does affect the mind well i'll give the extreme case where like i'm pretty almost like 100 percent positive that like this would affect you um because apparently uh <gasps> sorry. I'm so sorry table shake um <laughs> uh my grandfather uh was apparently his deal was out of seven, six or seven kids. Okay, one of y'all did something stupid. All y'all get in the belt. And it's like two no. of us weren't even there that yeah. day. Like oh that, my that, God. that kind of thing is like, what? In- well, so my grandfather, I, I hated that when that happened. Or yeah. My cousin, I wouldn't want to play with her because she would just get me in trouble. Yeah. See that? And that, then that's... I got in trouble because I didn't want to play with her. Yeah. That seems like the the older, like a much older generation. They're like, as it went down, I like, because like I said, you get to like you as a parent and like my parents and, and your parents, like it became a lot less prevalent. But like we talk about like our grandparents and it's like, hey, yo, I got a reason to pull a belt and like whoop a kid. Hell let's yeah, go. let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like my grandfather, I distinctly remember the story because it affected me so greatly. Um, My mom was telling me <clears throat> that, ooh, bless. Um, but my mom was telling me that they, um, her parents or somebody had lane fresh concrete. And at some point in time, a shoe print happened in the concrete. And that was a big deal. And I'm sure it was, um, to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, my grandfather took each one of the kids shoes and whoever's shoe fit, I think it just happened to be, I think it was my mother. Um, she, I, from what she says, she doesn't remember stepping in the concrete. So she might not have. Like, it could, whatever. But the first shoe that fit was the person who got beat. And so, like, right. So it could have been another shoe, too, because they didn't continue on. And the bigger issue being, 
my grandfather didn't just like three smacks you're out. He beat wow. like capital B beat the shit out of people. So like the severity of the crime here is a shoe print. Damn. Isn't it like a requirement that like when you put fresh concrete down, like you put your hands in it, you sign your name, you put a date, like you do all that stuff. Like right. I put a 2,700 square foot concrete pad out and like, we're down at the end of it. Me and my dad are sitting there going, all right, where are we going to put our like name and date? Like, where? Did you do it? I swear we did. But like, also our names are everywhere on that, that job site. <laughs> like somebody's going to pull that thing apart one day and be like, why is there like 12 names written on this one two by four? And then also written on that two by four. Like we, we, we had fun with that, but okay. yeah, it's like almost a requirement to put it, but, that I stuff mean, in concrete. For whatever reason, it was very important. And I don't know. I mean, like, I'm sure if it created, like, a big-ass hole, yeah, I'd be upset. But if it was just an imprint, it's just a fucking shoe. Like, and again, the severity of the crime probably didn't deserve to get beat. You know what I mean? And that's the issue is, like, grandparents and parents spent so much energy overreacting to little shit that, like, I still to this day, like, when I break something and I have to tell my mother or my mother notices... I have a panic, and I'm 28 years old, and I know <laughs> and accidents happen. To do I'm it. terrified. There's certain things that, yes, we react to from certain situations when we were younger. Like yeah, last night, actually, in fact, I had had dinner on this little plate because I like the little plates, and I had the plate um, safely on top of a coffee cup from earlier, just a little bit earlier in the day, and it was safe, like it wasn't moving. So I set it down, and I had to tilt the cup a little bit to do something, and the plate just very easily slid off and onto the counter and it just fell into two and it was chipped like that (laughs) these plates were old and it just chipped and it didn't have any particular meaning and mom goes did you break a plate and my entire body like every nerve ending i had stood up and i was like fuck (laughs) and i went from being 28 to five and i was like yeah (laughs) she goes your father's been wanting to get rid of those plates and I've been trying to keep them. And she wasn't <laughs> mad. It was just- But sometimes your reaction is just like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I would do anything. I would sell my soul to put this plate back together right now. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, they used to sing the song, wait till your father got home. <laughs> oh my God. You're, you're talking about breaking plates. And like, I think about all the glass I broke, like all the time. And because my father was a glazer for most of my life, like if I broke glass- his immediate reaction was like, all right, did you hurt yourself? Okay, cool. Let's go look at it. Cause he loves broken glass. He thinks it's so cool the way it breaks, especially when you get into like, um, tempered glass, lemonade, like it, it could be absolutely gorgeous. But also at the same time, like I broke a garage window and he pulled out like 20 panes of glass that could have fit it and ended up putting a decorative piece in there. Cause he just had one. So like, imagine who I could have been if I had your child. (laughs) You know, we were playing softball or baseball in front of the house and we broke the window. When we broke the window, we all ran. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who did it. We all ran. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dad, just go find another piece of glass. Like, like it's like frosted chip glass. You know, Well, you were fortunate because we all ran. I don't think I'd ever broken glass. I think. Literally the worst thing that I think my parents still remember to this day that I did was I ran up a phone bill because I didn't understand that I could only send like three texts a day. 
I didn't know. Like, I didn't get it. We didn't even have that. Yeah, but like, we I just, had those was... dialed numbers, the rotary numbers, where and if you misdialed, you had to start all yeah. over uh, again. I want to have a quick tangent. So, all right, Allie, I know you know your phone number, and I know your phone number, Sometimes. and I know my phone number. But, like, Allie, other than your own phone number, do you know, like, any other phone numbers by memory? Not anymore. I yeah. used to. I know three. I know my phone number. I know Allie's phone number. And then I know my original home phone number from when I was five. See, I don't remember that anymore. Like I, like it pings in the back of my brain. Like some part of my brain is like, yes, but like, I couldn't tell you what it was. Gene, do you remember your grandmother's phone number? No. Oh, wow. Okay. My, my dad can like ring off like his yeah, but you're also, you and your dad are rain men. So like, well, no, he, but like, just phone numbers that haven't mattered because you, you I remember, used to my, I remember. remember my house phone number when I was growing up and I lived in the house until yeah I, like I, I know my lunch number from high school I think that replaced my phone number you, though do you remember your locker number <laughs> I never had a locker I use um lockers were I can't I've never been able to figure out the lockers turns. cost money we had to rent them yeah I also never that's could, crazy we I, didn't I have could to. never figure out the code thing mm-hmm. and they didn't have keys at that point in time so I uh, just carried you, everything with me all the time. just found out which books actually mattered and then like... <laughs> Didn't bring anything yeah. else? Like I, I had a book. I did not bring it until like... Actually, I had a book that I didn't even have the entire year. Like I, I literally just like went and took a book and just <laughs> said, this is mine and like turned in a book that I just took because I never got issued one for that class. And so it was... They, they I were, just started, I would take my book and each, cause each teacher had like their own little bookshelf or whatever with like whatever was in it. And I would just put the book on the bookshelf and then get it. <laughs> cause nobody know, looked at the bookshelf. We used to get books and we used to um, cover our books or we would buy covers for them and that write on them. That was big when them. I was in middle school. That and was that huge. Was, you know, there's some stuff you guys get missed out book on. jackets, I believe. We, yeah. would take, oh, we didn't miss out cause ours were mesh. We took a, Brown paper bag, and I probably could still cover it. It was the most hippie thing we ever dealt with. Like, our, yeah, our ours mi- were like nylon mesh. Our middle wow. school was like emo and goth, except for the book. And you get like yeah. the tie dye ones yeah, and the ones. Hippie 60s wow. looking. I just yeah. remember the first day, second day of school, coming home, and that's what we did. We covered our books. Why? I, I don't even know why we would do that. To show your individuality in a way that like. But they really... had to be all covered. Everybody had to cover their books. It's just, it's the style. Yeah. Now now you go buy a book for like college and it's just, they just hand you like a stack of like. They hand you a paperback book written by the professor because he's an asshole well, they, and wants they, you to read his work. Book. They hand you a stack of like 800 pages that have been hole punched. Go buy your own binder. Wow. Oh yeah, that too. I've seen where uh, the good teachers will just send you a PDF. It's <laughs> like here. It's in your summary. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's crazy. God forbid you get last like the last one. It was oh my like, god, oh, we're the last four. book. You have version three, and it's like oh my god. My god! Wow. So let me ask you a question. We were talking about generations. Okay, mm. so the boomers, boomers one, and there's boomers two. Yeah, so, like, it's kind of the same thing. So, Boomer's one is from, like, 1946 to 1954. And then Boomer's two is, like, to 1955. And, like, so the age range for Boomer's is anywhere between, um, like, 57 
and 75 right now. And they grew up, I would say, in the love stage. Because, mm. yeah, they were born then. Summer of love. They were, yeah. yeah. Summer of love and all that. Yeah. Well, they were the baby boomers. I mean, people had come back from war, had a freak ton of kids. This is Colin, cutting in to let you know that we ran a little bit long with this first episode. Don't worry, part two is already up for you to listen to right now. However, if you would like, you can go ahead and go to our social media pages. We are on Facebook, underneath Something Old, Something New Podcast. We're also on Twitter, under GenGap underscore podcast. That's J-E-N-G-A-P underscore podcast. We also have an email. That is J-E-N-G-A-P podcast at gmail.com. Again, Gen Gap podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.